All right. So for today's podcast, we are talking to two of our principals, Marissa Zimmer, who is the principal at Oak Hill School, which is a kindergarten through sixth grade school. Joe Schlosser, who is principal at Kays Elementary School, which is a kindergarten through fifth grade school. So we have been talking about gain on some earlier podcasts and especially talking about whole child instruction and social emotional learning and, and all those things that we're really working on. And I know with both of your schools, that is something truly that um, is, a, is a focus and that you're seeing success with. And so we just want to hear a little more about that. So I guess, Marissa, let's just start with you. Sure. So at Oak Hill, when I talk about social-emotional learning, what are we thinking about? What are we seeing? So in most of our classrooms, um, you would see group plans being in place. Our teachers have worked with our kids to create those Uh, what it looks like in their classroom. What does it look like when we're following those expectations in our classroom? So you would see pictures of kids doing those things and teachers referring to those group plans. You might see kids sitting in a circle and talking about answering a question for that day that the teacher has posed for them just to build that community within the classroom. A lot of times you hear um, students talking about even their own emotions and how they're feeling in the, in the moment, if, especially if it's a high stress load situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have recognized the importance of teaching kids these social emotional skills. They're just as important as the academic skills and help kids with their academics as well. Okay. Joe, what about you at Case? Yeah, some of the same things that Marissa mentioned. Um, we want kids to... Uh, to feel like school is their safe place, right? And uh, then to be able to express their emotions and to know how they're feeling in the moment so that uh, that learning can take place. Um, I mean, it's the foundation of everything that we do um, at Case and probably any of the elementaries around the EVSC. Um, students need to um, practice these skills. So we talked about uh, community circles, um, giving students an opportunity to uh put themselves in a position that requires them to demonstrate um, self-regulation, maybe through a game or um, something like that for the younger grades. Um, perhaps maybe a competition for the older students doing something uh, where, you know, there's a winner and loser and it's okay to be the winner and the loser. And, and how, what do we do in those situations when we, we feel ourselves becoming stressful? Um, we're not going to know how to react unless we're put in, in those positions and we practice that. So. Yeah, go ahead. I, I had a follow-up question, you, you but I brought see. up You brought up self-regulation, and I think that is our ultimate goal, that we want to teach our kids how to self-regulate in the moment when there is maybe a stressful situation. Because um, even as adults, I think we sometimes struggle with that. So if we can mm-hmm. teach our kids now how to manage their emotions and what to do when they feel like they need refueling, and we've really shifted our focus to those refueling breaks and having teachers building in those times when maybe they just need a snack or maybe they need to take a walk. And as adults, we naturally do that um, for ourselves, but to teach the kids when they, to recognize that in themselves as well. So you just said refueling and then you went on to say snacks, but what what do you mean if a student needs refueled? Both of you maybe comment on that. What are you thinking when you say that? Sure. So Susan Phelps teaches us a lot about our own Um, stress load and sometimes it's like we need to put on the brakes a little bit or we need to push on the gas pedal so maybe we're feeling tired and maybe we just need to get up and take a walk that might be a refueling break for a student Um, 
the district has also provided us with some 5 and 45 exercises. So for every 45 minutes of instruction, a child might need a five-minute break um, where they're doing some cross-body motions um, and movements to try to get their brain active but also refuel their, refuel their bodies too. Um, because when kids get in that stress cycle, we want to try to get them to recover as quickly as possible. So it might look like a walk. It might look like I just need a snack at this time or I need a drink of water or I need to use the restroom. Um, lots of different options just when they recognize that their body needs a little more or a little less to get them back to that calm state. I think it's important that we remember to take those short breaks like that. It's, you know, we're at school to learn um, and we want to maximize those the, the amount of minutes that we have with kids. And, uh, you know, if, if a kid is, is starting to, to feel fidgety, if, if they're feeling uh, maybe starting to tune out, let, let's take a break. Let's, let's get those wiggles out, especially for the younger ones, maybe some sort of uh, music or dance or, or movement, and then bring them back. Uh, we're going to have a better 15-minute uh, small group reading session now than would, we would without that break. So, so I want to ask you both this. As I'm hearing you talk about refueling and, and breaks, and, and you're both alluding to then getting ready for learning again or to maximize your learning. If I'm listening to this podcast and I don't know much about social-emotional learning, what would you say if my, if my interpretation is, wait, you mean this is instead of academics, it takes the place of a- – how, how, how do you marry those two concepts Sure. So we have built in some gain time in our schedule. Um, For us at Oak Hill, it's broken up where a little bit in the morning and a little bit in the afternoon. In the morning, they typically do their community circle, community building questions. And then in the afternoon, they teach their lesson. So most recently, the lesson was about bullying. So that was where there was a module developed and they taught the students about bullying. Um, It may also just be about their brain and what the different parts of their brain do. So we do feel like while it does take a little bit of time away from the academics, we feel like, as Joe mentioned, it does help them improve their academics and helps them to be more focused and ready. And maybe we'll have a more productive small group, a more productive math period, because we took this time to refuel and refocus. Right. That's the goal. That goal is for for when we have time with our kids in in the academic setting, for us to, um, you know, really... Focus, teach the, teach, teaching the kids to focus on uh, the task at hand. Uh, how many of us as adults uh, tend to wander or we start to tune out after so long? Our kids are the same. And I assume, Joe, when, when you say we have to teach our kids, what I hear you saying is you're making the assumption not every kid, not every student just is going to understand this on their own. You're saying what is the benefit is teachers are intentionally teaching these strategies and concepts to kids. Sure, yeah, we're teaching uh, the vocabulary. Uh, we're, we're practicing it and we're modeling it for them so that they, they can see and they can feel um, themselves getting online and able to, uh, to just to, to learn it the, the, the best way that they can. Both of you mentioned community circle time. So if I'm not familiar with that concept, what are you talking about when yeah. you say community circle? I mean, it's all about building relationships with one another, with, uh, peer-to-peer with mm-hmm. their teacher, and, and having trust in, with one another. And so um, some of our teachers will, will hold a, their morning community circle um, first thing in the morning. Some of them do it when they come back from a, a related art. Uh, but that time is, is there for them to ex- – maybe the teacher might pose a question – and the, t- uh, the kids might take turns answering it or they might respond to one another. Um, again, building trust and uh, 
and understanding that we're all in this together and helping each other out. Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, does this take time away from academics? Well, they go hand in hand. We do a lot of group work together in math and reading and having those social emotional skills, how to work in a, in a group. Uh, we're, we're learning those in these community circles. Yes. So you mentioned the question. A lot of times our teachers will just ask a question. It might be, what's your favorite food to eat for dinner? And the kids will go around the circle. Some of them have a talking stick or some kind of item that they pass around the circle uh, just to give everyone a chance to share. And you mentioned that keyword relationship so they can build those relationships with each other. Maybe think, oh, I like what you like, too. And maybe we're not friends, but I can build upon that. And we have something in common when maybe I didn't realize that we had something in common because we don't know each other that well. So they have that time every day to just help them get to know each other and build relationships within the classroom. So it sounds to me like both of you are saying any minute we're spending investing in this almost is like an investment because it's going to turn in, translate into better academic opportunities because there's more comfort in the room, there's more trust, there's more a sense that they can be calm and ready to learn. I mean, is that an accurate way to interpret this? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's spot on. And more willing to take risks with their learning, too, that maybe... What do, what do you mean when you say that? Sure. Point? So I realize that my classroom is a safe place to learn, so I will volunteer to raise my hand, even if maybe I'm unsure, okay. because I know that my classmates aren't going to make fun of me or aren't going to laugh, because I know that I've built this relationship with them and with my teacher, and I feel safe to respond in that way. How do you think this looks, um, and maybe it doesn't, differently between the younger students and the older students. So if I'm a parent, can I expect some of the same things for kindergarten and first grade as for third or fourth or fifth grade? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think that they are similar. Uh, it, it's definitely something that we hope that the younger kids, as they're, as they're going through this, the many lessons in the cell curriculum now, that they carry that on to third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade and, and beyond. Um, something we do at K's, uh, very intentional is we have morning meetings with our third, fourth, and fifth graders. And, what does uh, that look like? It, it's just a time for us to come together as a community, as a, a school community, and to celebrate student successes. Let's, let's, uh, so you don't mean just in an individual classroom. You mean all We get together in the gym, and okay. uh, the teachers are there. Uh, I'm in there, along with uh, some of our support staff. And, and we acknowledge the, the accomplishments kids are making in the classroom. Um, so that's one thing. We want to recognize the good work that they're doing. We want them to be proud of, of the work that they're doing. And uh, second, it's a, it's a good opportunity for us to give reminders of those school-wide expectations. We talked about the group plan. We also have a, a school plan as well and, and what that looks like. And we talk about, um, you know, we have to have rules and, and um, expectations that, that, uh, that help our school run efficiently. Sure. So we keep those in front of them as well. And then last... We have fun together, just some sort of team building activity that we get the kids out. We do maybe some quick, uh, maybe a tug of war game with, with the, the fourth grade versus the fifth grade. Or this morning we had a meeting um, and the kids did a dance that they learned in music class. Just having fun. And we, one thing that we do intentionally is we include our teachers in that mm -hmm. um, so that they see that their, their teachers are out there in this with them. So somewhat similar at Oak Hill, um, we do a school-wide morning meeting just on Friday mornings, and the students lead it, and then we recognize, we do, it's called pause for applause for us, um, and recognize those students' accomplishments and following the seven habits for us with our Leader in Me program. Um, but in terms of what that cell looks like in the younger grades, uh, versus the upper grades, kindergarten and first grade started this work last year. So for them, it's a little bit more 
comfortable for the teachers to use that language. They're a little bit more familiar with it. It's not their first time teaching these lessons, um, whereas our upper grades, this is the first time for them to okay. teach these lessons. So the language is n- newer for them. Um, but I think even our kindergarten and first grades are still learning more as they go and more modules have been added for them. Um, I think we just ha- they just have that more experience from last year, too. But all of our classrooms now have added self-regulation stations within their classrooms to give our kids a break, as we mentioned with refueling earlier, where they have just that space in their classroom, again, a safe place for them where they, if they are feeling a little overwhelmed or they need a a break to just refocus themselves, they can go to a different little spot in their classroom and just kind of breathe and take a minute and then rejoin the class. So you have those throughout the building, Mm -hmm. small areas within classrooms. And then, Joe, I know you have a self-regulation room, is that correct? We do, yes. So we have a social-emotional learning specialist at K's, and um, one of one of the roles there is is to do those self reg breaks for kids that well, we're trying to be proactive. So uh, we you know we've got some kiddos that um, they need a, a break more frequently than others, and so uh, every child's unique. Not yeah, so learns or comes in at the same. So we've got a handful of kids that we schedule those, and they know that at this time they're going to have a, a short break, and they're going to they're going to. Um, Go to the self rag room, and they'll go, they'll go through some stations. Maybe it'll be a a time where they just need a few minutes to themselves. Um, there's a few options in there for them. Maybe something that's um, uh, textual that they they can feel. Uh, um, maybe some beads, or or um, we've got a, a like a water balloon type of thing that they can they can hold on to. Um, all kids respond differently, so they they're given choice there. And then uh, oftentimes. After that, they can head back to class. Sometimes they would like some time with with the teacher uh, to talk about how they're feeling and and what they uh, what they need in order to get themselves back into a place where they're ready to go back to classroom and learn. So it sounds like it's really too a, a part of this is students actually understanding where they're at, social emotionally, sure, whether or not they're ready to learn. If they're not, how to get through that? I mean, it does sound like a part of this is kids kind of developing this skill on their own as teachers are helping them with it. Yeah, and we, and we talked about what is the difference between the, the younger grades and the older grades is, is we're hoping that the students start to take some responsibility for, uh, for their actions and, and, and for uh, getting themselves back to a place where, where they can get calm. A lot of times they're going to need somebody to be that calm for them. And so uh, our, our goal is for them to learn how to do it on their own. And Marissa, if I'm an Oak Hill parent and I'm hearing this, and I'm thinking this sounds really interesting. What kind of things might I be hearing my kids talk about when they come home that that would sound like it's related to your work with Cell? So soon, if they haven't already, they'll, there are parent letters that are part of our Cell modules. So teachers are starting to send those home. We've recently discovered that that was a resource on those Cell lessons. Um, but you know, they may be talking about how they can breathe a lot of if they're feeling upset. A lot of our teachers are using breathing skills as to help them calm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know myself as an adult, if I'm feeling nervous or something, I'll just take some time to breathe. So we're teaching our kids that. Um, Some of the grade levels have 
learned about their amygdala and their hippocampus and what those different parts of the brain control um, for their bodies. So that may be some language. Some of them are learning about the zones of regulation. So they may say, I'm feeling in the red zone right now. I need a break. And what does that mean if like zones of regulation? Elaborate on that for a second. So there are four different zones, green, yellow, red, and blue. Um, Each one reflects different types of emotions. And I don't want to misspeak um, on which, which, which one is which at this moment. Sure. But um, red is I'm I'm needing I'm definitely needing a break. It's um, kind of an awareness of where you're at. Yes. As a ch- well, an adult for that matter. But I right. mean, in your case, you're talking about children. Sure. But I know that I want to be in the green zone. And um, then I, I if I'm speaking it right, Joe. No, you're me. right. OK, oh, yeah. you're doing great. Keep going. Oftentimes, and I know that you guys do the same thing is we'll have kids. Uh, identify where they think that they feel. Where are they on this this on, in this zone? Which zone are we in? And then what can we do to to bring us back down to to green? Mm-hmm. So sure. we we just want and you mentioned the co-regulating that adults have to do. It's sometimes our kids just aren't ready to regulate themselves, and so we do have to share our calm with our kids whenever that we're noticing that they're not. We need to remain even more calm to help them get to that point. If they're in the red zone, we want to get them back to green. We have to be over green ourselves. Sounds like really what both of you are saying as part of our work with Whole Child and LaSalle is we can't make the assumption that every student is always ready to learn at every second of the day. It's like we need to intervene and really create that environment so that we can maximize that learning with our assistance to take them through that. Is that a fair way of summarizing it? Sure. I think I even have to do that more now at home or recognize my need to do that even with my own kids at home. Just when they're having trouble or they're struggling or what looks like a fit potentially, you Mm -hmm. know, we recognize that we need to share our calm at home too and getting more upset doesn't fix the situation. So it has been interesting just from a parent perspective too for myself to kind of learn more and apply it to my own kids at home too. Sure. Joe, as you think about this, as we kind of conclude our conversation today, kind of fast forward because I know we're, you know we're working through this. Where do you hope this is at K's in another year, in two more years? Well, I don't know that the work is is ever going to be over. Uh, sure. We're going to have a, a need for this uh, um, all, all the time. Um, my hope is is that students, as they become familiar with uh, the the vocabulary that we're learning. Uh, and some of the the skills that that we're teaching that um, it becomes commonplace for them that then when maybe they get get a a, a keyword for uh, you know what do we need to do to bring you back out of the red or that all the kids know how to know what that means and what they need to do um, to get themselves back online and ready to learn. Um, ultimately, we want our I would love to see our older kids. Um, doing some of this for our younger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know that's out there. We're not, we're not there yet. Sure. But, but uh, I think it would be awesome for our, our older kids to mentor the younger ones with some of this work. Well, and I assume you're thinking every year that goes by, there's more awareness, more familiarity with it, so that not only are the students more comfortable with it, but then in turn, maybe they can do those type of activities. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Marissa, what about you as you look forward at Oak Hill? What would you like to see? how this unfolds. I think the same thing. I think the longer that we are teaching it, the more it moves itself its way up, um, where our younger kids maybe are going to be learning it now. But our, as our older kids grow, the, the language is the same. The language is common. They recognize what they need. They may recognize what their peer needs. If my friend is upset, maybe I need to help them, kind of what you're talking about with the older grade, upper grade kids with the lower kids. Um, and just... 
I think we're preparing kids for college and career success, but we also need to prepare them in this social way as well because, you know, they can function the best. They can be the best employee, but if they can't get along well with others, they may not last long as that employee. So we (laughs) want to give them these skills as well to help them be successful when they leave us too. I mean, it's just fascinating hearing both of you talk from your perspectives as principals. It's hard to really see a downside Mm -hmm. of this. I mean, I, I can't really think of anything because in the end, you're not only helping the student. I mean, you're directly helping academics by going through this, helping to make them feel better about themselves, their environment. I don't see a downside. No, I don't either. It's powerful, and and we talked a little bit about what do we want it to look like. And uh, I think one of our next steps at K is how do we really integrate some of this, these lessons, these so many lessons into our curriculum. Um, so that it's not, oh, we have a cell lesson and now we have a, a social studies lesson, but how could we do it together? Um, we'll get there, um, but it takes time, and, and the adults are learning right along with the students. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Well, thank you to both of you, Joe Schlosser from Kays and Marissa Zimmer from Oak Hill. Really exciting things going on, and appreciate you coming in and talking to us about how this is unfolding in your schools. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.